On this episode of Whale Cave, Jimmy Pardo makes amazing record store displays, Kit Panjetti wants to hang out with Willie Nelson, and host Matt Price is disappointed by one of his musical idols. Whale Cave starts now. Everybody, thanks for listening to Whale Cave. My name is Matt Price. This is our last show of the year. Thank you so much for listening. We have a uh, we've had great guests all year long, and today we've got Jimmy Pardo, Kid Pongetti. Very excited. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening all year long. I've had great feedback all year. Uh, uh, and please continue, Matt at WhaleCave.com. Or I just got it to Twitter. I thought I'd get with the uh, 2012, and I'm at Matt. Uh, I'm at at WhaleCave at WhaleCave on Twitter. So please follow follow the show. Um, I have I'm going to play uh, throughout the show a few clips. My favorite songs from the year. That song was called "Friends of Friends" by Hospitality. A little act out of Brooklyn, New York. You know, I like playing Brooklyn. That's cool out there. That's why I play it. I'm I'm down. I'm down with the music scene. So um, throughout the show, I'll be doing that. Uh, it's the end of the year here. Christmas songs, full effect. It's about the only way you can tell. It's holidays in Los Angeles, everywhere you go since Halloween for Christmas songs. That and the occasional busting out of the corduroy jacket. It's Matt Belknap, actually. I, I noticed walking in. Corduroy blazer. It's a little chilly out. Um, I don't mind the Christmas songs. So I'm not going to get, you know, don't get mad, Bill O'Reilly. There's no war on Christmas. I actually like them because I feel like it gives me a little feel of the holidays. The only time I minded them was um, I took my wife to see Stevie Wonder. A few years ago, she's, uh, as I've mentioned on, the, on Whale Cave several times, she and I don't enjoy many of the same artists, but our first dance at our wedding was to a Stevie Wonder song, and he's always been one of the few artists, he's, uh, he's one of the few artists that we, we actually like together. So we get to the show, and Stevie Wonder walks out immediately, and I'm like, yes, dude, yes, we're going to get three hours of Stevie, this is going to be amazing, no opening act. And he walks out and he says, uh, I'm not going to do a Stevie Wonder impression, sorry, <laughs> sorry fans, but um. But uh, he walks on and he goes, hey, everybody, thanks for coming. This show is for charity. And again, I'm like, yeah, we're being charitable. Like, this is the, so far, this, this show is the best show I've ever seen. And uh, he says, uh, and also in the Christmas spirit, uh, I'm going to bring out a lot of my friends to sing Christmas songs all show. And me and my wife are like, whoa, 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 whoa. And everyone, suddenly we look around and like, I see a few people in Christmas hats and like, you know, holiday colored ties. And then I'm like, I look at the crisp, the stub of the ticket and it actually says Stevie Wonder and Friends and it says a holiday show. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. And it's a holiday show. So for the next hour, hour and a half, he's bringing out, like he brings out his daughter and they're singing Silent Night. And then like a reverend comes out and suddenly it's, you know, everyone's singing like, uh, you know, whatever. I don't even know, Rudolph Reynolds or whatever it is. And I just want to hear Sir Duke Anything, and I keep I keep threatening to leave. Like I'm a big, I'm a, I threaten a lot to do something. I never do it. I'm like, oh, that's why I'm one more, and I'm gone. That's one more. And song after song goes, and finally, I'm seriously, I'm past threatening. My wife and I are getting up to go. It's been like an hour and twenty minutes, and all of a sudden we hear, uh, and Stevie Wonder finally starts playing. So we we're dancing, and it's it's great. But I have to tell you something. Uh, 
that show happens once a year, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna warn you when it comes around, LA, you gotta know that's that's a Christmas show, and it's for charity. So you know that's admirable, but but still, you're not gonna hear a lot of uh, a lot of Sir Duke, and I believe, although I think he did play, I believe, and and it was amazing. Enough of that. Enough of that anti-holiday business. First guest. Um, very funny. I'm really, really glad he's here. He's uh, he's the, the host of uh, Never Not Funny here with Matt Belknap and uh, and uh, Pat Francis, right? Uh, Pat is on uh, – he's a regular guest. He does all of our live shows. He also hosts his own podcast called Rock Solid. Okay, great. It's Yeah, I'm, I'm just – okay. Just trying to clear it up. I'm not the, I'm not the bad guy here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm just <laughs> no, trying to right. really clarify. You're right. You clarified. And uh, well, Jimmy Pardo's here. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Um, how's it going? I know you want a little. Uh, well, I just I, I enjoy chit chat. I like yeah. a little to and fro. A couple of things that you said in your opening that made me think of a couple of uh, stories. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, uh, very similar to you and your wife, mm-hmm. uh, do not have a lot of overlap. Uh, we'd like an artist named Vance Gilbert, who we uh, then used one of his songs uh, for our first dance at our wedding. Vance Gilbert. What kind of music is Vance Gilbert? Um, folk. It's 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 categorized as folk, but uh, it's got a little bit of a – it's kind of a little all over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's some some stuff is a little poppier. Some stuff is a little rockier. Some stuff is a little countryer. Mm-hmm. He's an African-American gentleman, so don't be thrown when you hear that country. <laughs> you know, I know Charlie Pride uh, you know, owns that uh, credit. Uh, and Hootie, too, now. Uh, Darius, the great Darius Rucker. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> great. So we, uh, my wife and I, uh, she does not really like any of the music I like. And one year we went, uh, I went for the joke of it. And I admit that. At the same time, I like this guy. <laughs> we went to see Clay Aiken. And it was Clay Aiken's holiday show. So you like him as a person or you actually like his music? You think he's talented? I think he's talented. I okay. think he's got a nice voice. And this is many years ago when he was... Uh, uh, well, he had a little more of an edge to him. He, you know, he's basically, he's become, you know, Perry Como at age, right. you know, 34. I don't know how old Clay yeah. is. I wish him well. So <laughs> we uh, we go to this thing, and it's, uh, I was like, well, you know, same as you. It's like, uh, well, yeah, they call it the holiday show because it's three days before Christmas, but he's going he's gonna to do a show. It was like a little play. He put a little play on <laughs> Clay Aiken and his cast. And it was, we're like, looking at each other, like, I couldn't even, even the, 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 we left at intermission. Okay, so uh, you did leave. Yeah, but we threatened the you entire threatened. first day. Like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. You're a threatener. And, uh, but even the kitsch factor of, of going to see Clay, it was, it was a bummer because it was this Christmas show and it just, it was a little too cheesy, even for me. And I like cheesy. Now, was it advertised as such? Or it's were you like ho- me again, who kind of like, you thought you were, you were, thought you were seeing something else. It's then, a, again, it said holiday show. Okay. But, but I just assumed yeah, he'll do a couple of Christmas numbers, sure. but he's going to get into Invisible. He'll do his hits. He'll do Solitaire. He Let's better go. Get invisible. And, yeah. uh, and, and by the way, maybe the second we walked out, you know, uh, Sir yeah. Duke started playing. You know, <laughs> I mean, by, by his version. Is he gone? <laughs> Has he gone? Yeah. My, my wife had a wonderful conversation with the gentleman next to her. Uh, I was in the restroom while this happened. And... Um, <laughs> While it was happening, uh, she's uh, she's talking to this – while I'm in the restroom, she's talking to this gentleman, and he is over-the-top excited 
about this. And my wife thinks she's bonding with this guy. He's like, it's going to be great. You know, there's going to be uh, and, and he may have been may or may not have been gay. Any voice I do is going to sound like a stereotype, with the exception of when I just did Richard Lewis. And he uh, <laughs> he's like, there's going to be snowflakes. I, hear, I, I don't know why he's Edwin. Uh, there's going to be snowflakes. And, uh, and so she's like, she's like, I come back and she said, uh, oh, the worst thing just happened. I said, what? She goes, the guy next to me, we talked for about five minutes. And I, I maybe maybe longer five. I had to look at the merch, and uh, <laughs> uh, she says at the end of it, uh, I realize we're not bonding. He's mentally challenged. Oh, so she thought she was bonding. This guy truly was excited about the Clay Aiken Christmas show, right? Uh, that I bought from a scalper. True story. That day at five o'clock, show was at seven. Bought it from a scalper, uh, five bucks each. Oh, really? That guy, he'd rather make ten bucks than nothing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah that uh, pretty early to bail on that too. Five o'clock. You know, I mean, usually the scalper waits to sell. Well, this was one of those uh, 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 store, storefront. Uh, oh, okay. storefront uh, scalper over there in Larchmont for uh, you oh, local yeah, sure. Los Angelinos. Yeah, sure. Get a haircut, then go get the. Uh, sure, go get a haircut right next door. That, yeah. guy, that guy will let you know when he's not around with that sign in the window. Never uh, around. <laughs> a lot of signs on this is very specific uh, tangent, but a lot of signs on Larchmont. There are a lot of signs on Larchmont. Pizza place, a lot of signs. Oh, a lot of warnings on Larchmont. There's uh, they they don't want any surprises. No, yeah, they want to yeah. let you know what's happening. Here's when you get a haircut. This is the kind of pizza you can get. Sure, don't use a napkin on it. That kind of thing. Oh, I use a napkin on it, and I get the stink eye every time. They don't like you to do that. You know what? There's a sign. <laughs> There's a, the, there is a sign. That's my business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I paid my, for it. I don't want that in me. I'll throw it on the floor if I want. <laughs> that might be extreme. Yeah, well. I don't know if we have I to become animals. <laughs> um, but then what was the other? Uh, there was something else you spoke of. I don't remember what it was, but uh, two things you said made me think of... Uh, uh, similar stories. Threatening to leave. Stevie Wonder. Uh, Christmas. I'm a big fan of Christmas music. Maybe my sir, my uh, my superstition intro. Did that get you? Nah. You know what? It was corduroy jackets. I got a funny joke. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> you- uh, I listened. I listened to your program because I enjoy it. Mm. Thank and you, you uh, use that in a tease. You and I may or may not have something in common that we both enjoy. Kesha. Mm. A couple of guys. In our demographic, I don't know how old you are. I think you're probably ten years my junior. I am seven. I'm. I'm. Uh, I just turned forty-one. Happy birthday! Thank you. I am no, five years. No, I'm turning forty-one in like three weeks. Oh, sorry. I it's, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm in that area. I take it back. No, uh, still I am, I am five years your senior, uh, but we're both over forty. Yep. And uh, maybe a little creepy to enjoy Kesha, but I mm-hmm. enjoy her. Those songs are catchy. Matt Belknap and I talked about this in our. Uh, we talked about Carly Rae Jepsen, but Kesha was a. I kind of discovered her this year, actually. I didn't really listen to because my wife loves pop music, and I was in her car. I talked about this in the show, but I heard TikTok, wow, and I was like, I don't song. care. Yo, you can't deny that song. Great song. That's a terrific song. Her new album, if you don't have it, I don't. Phenomenal. Yeah, really. If there's you know, if you buy the Target version, there's four extra tracks. There's sixteen tracks. Nine too many. Wait, that's wait. Go the other way. Six wait, too many. Six okay, too I was many. Say it. There I think if there were ten tracks, you'd love it. Uh, Wait, how many tracks are there? 16. That's a lot of tracks. With the bonus. Yeah. And one of the bonuses is called Gold Trans Am, and that song is ridiculously great. Really? It, Gold Trans Am by Kesha? It's ridiculously great. Might be my birthday present to myself. Get yourself something. You got 15 bucks. Uh, yeah, well. Get the Target. And go to Target so you get the four bonus tracks. I don't yeah. want you to miss out of the bonus tracks. Okay, so Target only. This is great. I think they're Target only. Maybe they're on iTunes. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how Kesha runs her business. I feel a little bit like buying Kesha is sort of like me walking into Abercrombie and Fitch. Aha! Uh-huh. Like, I'm not... 
I don't. Well, see, but if you throw it at Target, you're okay. Really? I think so. You throw it in with your sort of older man thing. Put it in with your sundries. You're right. going to be just yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. You're going to buy yourself a dop kit and a shaving uh, <laughs> exactly. brush. Exactly. Bathroom floor mat. Uh-huh. And, and then, uh, the gold Trans Am. And then a little something for my wife. Yeah. You know, you, you flop that in there. Uh, not a, like a, uh, an 80s comic doing a bit about buying condoms. Exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, but I don't know how that works. I you know I was uh, what did I just say? What did I? I don't know how what works. Oh, the bonus tracks. That's what I meant. Okay, yeah. Well, that's good to know. The new Kesh is good. I, I saw it come out, and I was surprised that I was so interested in listening to it. Wait, do, you, do you all? And you don't have to answer this. I know your wife listens. My wife knows she my feelings like Kesha. <laughs> she I find listen. her dirty. Kesha and I like it, and, and dirty in a way where I think she's the girl I could have got after a show one night, and <laughs> yeah. that's appealing to me. Right. Sure. You know what I mean? I yeah. can't get brandy. I can't get Rih- brandy. What am I? Ninety-seven <laughs> years old? Yeah. I can't get Rihanna. Yeah. You know that no. Taylor Swift has no Sinatra interest anymore. I can't get Nancy. Yeah. Peggy Lee's not looking at me. What? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, Ethel Merman is, uh, turns a blind eye. <laughs> so, uh, but a Kesha Probably looks like the type eyes. that I could get. Yeah, no, you could totally get Kesha. I say that by the way. That's insulting to my wife. I think because you know my wife is very beautiful. But to say that you know. I, could, I have to settle for Kesha. <laughs> Sounds uh, demeaning. Really, yeah, I think your wife would understand what you're talking about, though. You're talking about, an, you know, it's sort of a sort of fantastic, you know, like a, one of your three, maybe. You know, that's sort of that three, the list of three. Maybe Kesha's on the, the dirty list of three. She's on there. You know, uh, the great Bernadette Peters is number one. Sure. There's no doubt about that. I'm not, I don't say that even for you. Matt knows this. Matt Bell now. Bernie Peters is one. I might throw Kesha in there. Yeah. I can't even think of who the two spot is. You don't. Oh, Kesha's you, automatically three, by the way. I don't know why she's not. <laughs> yeah. Bernadette uh, Peters, someone, and then Kesha. Oh, uh, the, it was Patty Lapone for a little while. Then it was, uh, you know what, Connie Britton might be sneaking up into this Ooh, thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kesha should be on that show, by the way. She I'm, should be on Nashville. Are you watching it? Yes, I do watch it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's good. I think it's good. I love it. I don't even watch it in a guilty way. No. I enjoy it. I put it right up there with Homeland. Seems high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, my wife and I look okay. forward to it every much. week. I said too much. But we agree. Yeah. We, we, we're we just ex- as excited about Nashville as we are Homeland. Like, oh, good, Nashville's on. A new Nashville. Right? Yeah. Remember that week that they took a week off? What a bummer that week was. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the songs are great, you know, to it's tie good. into your program. It's good. Uh, my wife watches, you know, again, uh, we have a lot more TV overlap than music overlap. But that's one she was really into, and I was I was definitely not going to watch it. And I sat down one day, had some Thai food, had a you know a half hour to kill. Okay, and then enjoyed it. Really, Connie Britton, you gotta love her. She's she is uh, she's the uh, well. Uh, let me flip flop this. Deborah Messing is the poor man's Connie Britton, in my <laughs> opinion. And that brings us to Smash. Are you watching Smash? I can't I can't bring myself. I've Do seen it. a bunch of them. Do it. But I can't. It is the worst show in. you will ever love the yeah. hell out of. Yeah, I've I've seen they're they're terror. I mean, they don't seem great. The, the, you know what? The musical numbers are great. The songs are great. Uh, but the um, I don't even love those. The, you know what? I I admit that I do. My mm. wife and I both like. But the, you know the storylines are ridiculous. Uh, but we again we got a new smash. Right. We get excited about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't share that enthusiasm. That's the only place I'll differ with you. Kesha, I'm on board. Okay. Nashville. Mm-hmm. Bernadette Peters. <laughs> but, yeah. Revisit Bernadette Peters before you make that judgment. I'll revisit Bernadette Peters before I revisit Smash. For sure. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were also, do you want to talk about your music biz? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I was. Because uh, I had no idea. I had no idea that you were. I was, you know what, I worked, I started, got 
hired in 1984, the year mm-hmm. of our Lord, mm-hmm. at a as a part timer in a record store. A guy named uh, Daver, uh, who ends up doing the theme song for our podcast. Oh, really? Um, yeah, musician, and he was the manager of the record store. We hit it off, and he hired me uh, here in Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, south suburbs of Chicago, hey. a place called Tinley Park. Sure, I, I'm, I've seen shows in Tinley Park. I'm from Evanston. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So you went down to the World Music Theater and saw shows. My friend got. Uh, thrown against a wall at a Grateful Dead concert because they thought he was counterfeiting. Wow. And, like, Tinley Park security taught, picked him up. He's a little fellow. Picked him up, like myself, and he picked him up he way high on the fence. And my friend, huge Grateful Dead fan, crying, ter- you know, terrified. The security's there. And then they, they're like, oh, no, we made a mistake. <laughs> just, like, just like that. Sorry, going in. But it's such a, you know, fun vibe there at the Dead. Doesn't sound that fun to me, man. And he was high. It was just like everything was, his whole world was shattered. Do you like the Grateful Dead? No, I don't. I They're don't horrible. Yeah, I don't. And I say that from experience. I was in the record business. Mm-hmm. And I just so you thought know, Kesha is good. Yeah. So I know from music. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, South Suburbs. Uh, okay. Tinley Park. And uh, I worked there for a little while. And then I uh, was offered a job to be the assistant manager at another record store, which I took. I was there for a couple of years. And then I moved out here to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I worked at, uh, while I was going to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I didn't know that either. Um, I worked at the Warehouse Records in Pasadena. I was a, uh, an assistant manager there by night and uh, acting student by day. Didn't do either of those well. <laughs> and uh, then I moved back to Chicago and uh, just by coincidence ended up uh, being the assistant manager again at the store that I was at. They had some shifts around and... Uh, so I was there again. Then I got my own store. I was a manager of a record store. And in 87, um, the head of Chicago MCA, the MCA Records Division in Chicago, mm-hmm. a guy named Jim Haldeman, uh, who the day that Dear John came on, uh, we all came into work the next day and said, did you watch this new show, Dear John? Uh, this guy, Jerry Burns, is Jim Haldeman. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an image of what this guy mm-hmm. is. Uh he would just, just very always walked around, perfectly groomed beard. Uh, probably a great guy. I don't know anything. I mean, I don't know anything about him except that he was my boss. He was always nice to me. Mm-hmm. But he he gave, what what ended up happening is I lived. I, I apologize. The store that I in Naperville. I ended sure. up managing this, uh, an Oranges Records and Tapes in Naperville, <laughs> and we had no business. There, we, we were in a, we were in the deadest strip mall in the world. Nobody ever came to the strip mall, so we we didn't. I managed this record store. That I literally would not have a customer for five hours, and I would sit and I would get there at ten o'clock, and then uh, I would leave at four o'clock. I was supposed to be there from nine to six, but I went. To, I, I would do a ten to four slot, and then whenever the, the the assistant manager would come in, I would let her take over. Young lady named Nora, and. Um, <laughs> uh, but this guy, I was on his way home from MCA, the headquarters, uh, to his house. This oranges was on the way home. So he would leave work early and say, uh, as I learned once I got this gig, he would say, well, I'm going I'm to stop off at Oranges in Naperville, make sure everything's going on. It was just an excuse for him to get out. But he would stop by so that, you know, he w- wasn't lying. Mm-hmm. And because I had no customers... I would uh, I would overdo the displays. This is back in the eighties where you put up displays right. and the albums, and I had nothing to do. So I would I had the the, the, the cleanest, most beautiful record store in the world. <laughs> uh, you know everything alphabetized perfectly. Uh, every section was great. The displays were beautiful. This girl Nora actually had a beautiful artistic eye, and so the displays were great. So he 
just this. And by the way, I'm also uh, I was doing some community theater at the time. So <laughs> I didn't. It was a job, you know, working right. at the record store. But, you know, but I, I enjoyed it. It was what I, I loved music. Obviously, I, I speak highly of a lot of artists here today. Um, <laughs> so he offered me a job. He said, hey, we, did, we have an opening in the, in, as, as our jazz consultant. Would you like mm. to interview for the jazz position when the guy from L.A. comes out? And I said, yeah. And now, bear in mind, I know I, at the time I knew Lee Rittenauer uh, and uh, possibly Dave Brubeck. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a huge jazz guy. I, I knew the stuff that was in the bins, but I didn't really know a lot of jazz. I knew Lee Rittenauer because he opened up for Chicago in 1981 at Chicago Fest. <laughs> and I don't know why I delivered that like Don Rickles. So, uh, anyway, gang. <laughs> anyway, gang. She's over on the side with Rittenauer. <laughs> so uh, he offered me this. I went there. I went and bought a suit. And uh, I didn't get it, and, and rightfully so. I did not deserve it. A guy named Ted Parrish got it, who now teaches at the old school of folk. Or old Town old town School of Folk Music. Is that what it's called? Old, yeah. Yep. Uh, he, I believe he's still a teacher there. Uh, he is. Uh, he got the jazz position, and but he told me at the interview, he said, you know what, you're not right. Uh, but if a position ever opens up, you're my first guy. Hmm. I said, okay, great. So months go by, and one day he comes in, he said, let's call... Uh, headquarters, I forget what the name of our uh, 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 parent company was. He goes, you're not working for MCA Records. Wow. I was like, wow, what is it? And he said, he goes, well, I need a sales rep. Said, Done. I'm in. And that was the brass ring to work for a record label. When you're mm-hmm. working at a record store, a record label was like, you know, it's like us landing an acting gig. It's like we got it. You know, yeah. it's like it's like a band getting a, signed by a thing. It was like. Hey, if I'm going to be in this business, this is where I want to be. I don't want to be working retail. Yeah. You know, I want to be uh, on the other side of it. So I took this job. Uh, much to the dismay, a lot of people uh, did not like me in MCA. I was, uh, this is 87, so I was 21 years old. And they had been there a long time. They'd worked their way up the ranks. And here I am. I'm coming in, not top level. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not an exec, but right. I'm just under that. And right out of oranges, right out of oranges. Yeah. And here's these other guys that worked in merchandising mm-hmm. and literally in the mail room and doing all these other things who got passed over uh, that I passed over. He got the job over them. Did he just take a shine to you? Is he just like, I guess so. He th- he was so impressed with my store that right. he, you know, that he just was like, well, this guy's got to be a great employee. Right. And again, I, I was a great store because there was nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was bored out of my I, I'm. It was. Uh, it makes sense to make you a sales rep when you didn't sell anything, right? Well, he doesn't know that exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and it was the position that was open. Now, in fairness, it, it, to this day, uh, I want. There was a guy named John. I, I want to say John Sykes, but that's. I think that's the guitarist from Thin Lizzy. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was a guy named John something who hated me. Would uh, pardon my language? Would call me a faggot every time I walked past him. Classy. He hate right. Faggot. <laughs> and I would finally. Well, what's your problem? He goes, you got my job. I was like, and I even said to him that day, I go, I will trade with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> he was the merchandising guy, which meant all you did all day was go to record stores and put up displays. You know, you don't have a quota. You don't have to deal with commissions. You got a paycheck. Mm-hmm. You put up uh, posters and you went to concerts. And you love displays. That's I, I, I love displays. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, maybe I uh, I hire Nora as an assistant. And I bring, I, that's not happening, but, um, <laughs> so it's like, I would, I would have loved that job. I would have loved, sure. but in working at MCA and I was there for two years, I got to cover, you know, it covered, it's, it's an inside term guys. Hmm. Uh, what does it mean? I, I would be the representative, uh, 
at concerts for MCA. Um, and I would always I would go to the bands that like nobody else wanted to go to. We all went to Elton John. You know, what I mean, everybody got to go to the Elton John show. In fact, great side story. Um, I had also started doing stand up right around the same time that I started. Uh, nope, I started October of 88. I had done a couple of open mics prior to that, and they knew that I did. At MCA. At MCA. They knew okay. I did some open mics. Nobody took me seriously because I wasn't funny. They came to see me. Horrible. So they just went, well, we know he's good for here. Right. <laughs> um, so Elton John was coming in. His Reg Strikes Back album was just coming out. I forget what year that came out. It might be 87, might be 88. Um, and he did a private show for about 75 to 100 MCA execs and VIPs from the mm. major record chains. Music Land, Flipside at the time, you probably remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, Coconuts. Uh, <laughs> there was another big uh, JRs and Oranges, of course. So they were all there. And Tower, did Tower Ta- uh, Tower was not there. Not there yet. was another major one that I will never pull that out. Oh, Rose Records. Rose yeah, Records. that was Evanston's big one. Yeah, that was Rose and then... Evanston was, and uh, Rose and Lori's were our big Lor- ones. That's Exactly. Yeah. Th- those were them. So... They um, were were there, and uh, all of a sudden, everybody was like, hey, where, where's Elton John? Wait, Elton John's not here yet. Where? And Bernie Taupin was coming as well. And uh, mm. they're like, but they're not here. They're delayed. They're delayed. And, and my boss, this guy, Jim Haldeman, who loves me, goes, uh, hey, Jimmy's a comic. Get up there. Do some time. <laughs> and I go, what the F? What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so uh, so I went up on stage. And I go, hey, everybody, welcome to the thing. But he's here. Elton John. <laughs> so, but for for my first like then real time of doing a comic uh, of doing comedy, my intro was has opened for Elton John because on <laughs> yeah. paper I opened for Elton John. Yeah, but it was so great to watch that we this mini concert of Elton John in this tiny room, uh, you know, just literally as close as you and I are, and there he is, you know, doing Candle in the Wind and uh, you know uh, the stuff off Red Strikes Back. Uh, so he wasn't doing holiday songs. Uh, no, I, and if he did, I would have threatened to leave, yeah. and then not. Um, but I, you know, I worked. Uh, it was I would go to all these concerts. Is that a common thing, by the way, that people would do private shows no. for? No, this was a big deal. We, we had wow. what they call listening parties, where you would uh, show up and they would put on like the new right. fine young cannibals, and everybody would go, "Hey, it sounds great!" And everybody would leave with one and a T-shirt and right. get, get them drunk, and then, "Hey, don't forget, uh, I'm going to call you tomorrow for some sales." And then, you know, "Hey, great time last night, huh? How many do you want?" Right. Uh, now, I'm going to point this out. I wasn't good at my job for two reasons. I had started comedy, mm-hmm. and so that was more important to me. And I would go out at night to, and hit, you know, as many open mics as I could, and then, you know, come into work the next day and uh, try to make some sales. But in reality, I was calling bookers, trying to get stage time and, and getting, uh, you know, paid gigs. And... Um, and I was talking to other comics. You know, you, you meet comics at open mics, and you, you try to get to know each other. So I, 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 I got very lucky in that every sales rep had a share in office, because theoretically we weren't supposed to be there. We were supposed to be out at our right. accounts. In the field. Um, for whatever reason, Jim Haldeman did not like that idea. He liked us coming into work. He liked seeing us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we, uh, you know, come in, and then, hey, Jim, I'm going to go see the guys at Flipside. Okay, see you in a few hours. Come back. You know, he liked that as opposed to what it should have been. We never come into the office. Um, but because I was the new guy, I got an office to myself that I had to share with the supplies. <laughs> I didn't care. I'd rather yeah. share with supplies than another human being. Yeah. At a time, by the way, that you could still smoke in the workplace. So people would smoke at their desks 
uh, I'd rather not deal with that. And, sure. and I'm in there and, and, you know, once an hour, somebody would come in and get some toner. But, you know, <laughs> and I would have to pretend I was, you got it, a little river bad. Um, <laughs> where in fact, I'm going, okay, I'll be there Thursday, 50 bucks, I'm in. Um, and, and I mentioned a little river band that, that I got yelled at. Um, I got yelled at a couple times at this job. Uh, one was uh, my boss overheard me saying this. Uh, so how many of the new little river band you want? And the guy on the other end of the phone goes, I don't know. How do you think it's going to sell? How's it going to sell? It's not. It's a little river band in 1989. <laughs> and uh, but I was I was honest because I didn't want to I didn't want to lie about the little river band. It's going to be great. It's going to sell. When then something like Bobby Brown came out where I do need them to buy a lot of that. Right. Because that's going to sell. And yeah. I don't want to be, you know, a little boy that cried wolf. Uh, I don't know why he's little. Um, <laughs> and then the other time I got yelled at was uh, at a meeting one time. It was an actual meeting. And, I, you know, I apologize. I don't remember the ex- exact specifics. But I remember asking something in the meeting. Uh, the woman uh, from A&R came in mm-hmm. and said – you know, the new, uh, I don't know, R.E.M. is Yeah, it was, it was R.E.M. Uh, the woman from IRS Records came in, and she was talking about it, and I said, you know, is it going to be better than blah, blah, blah? And the whole room shut down, and then she leaved, and, and Jim Haldeman, who's, again, always been, was nice to me, turned to me and goes, Jimmy, we don't talk in these meetings. We <laughs> just listen, and we don't give our opinion. I was like, he goes, that way they go by faster. I'm like, Okay. But where are we going to? What's the hurry? We're talking. To me, it was like we, we're, we're living the dream here. Right. To them, they were it was just a job. That guy could have just, he could have been fired that day and gone to work for Macy's. It wouldn't have mattered. He, was right. just a, he wasn't a music guy. He was an executive. Um, so I started blowing off all of my, I, I would go to concerts. Uh, my famous story, famous is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> I went to uh, see Tiffany. I had to cover the Tiffany concert at uh-huh. Poplar Creek. Sure. Oh, I love Poplar Creek. I loved it. My favorite uh, outdoor venue of all time. Top five venues of all time, Poplar Creek. Um, And Tiffany was, uh, I had met Tiffany at one of the mall gigs when she was doing the mall thing. Sure. And that was, that was YouTube back then. You know what I mean? uh, Like that's how they did it. You're right. Yeah. So I, I met Tiffany there and she was, I was 21 years old. I was the closest to her age. And so they kind of pawned me off on her as her handler. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, you know, Jimmy will take care of uh, – they might have called me Jim at the time, by the way. Uh, you know, he'll, you know Jim, Jim will take care of uh, Tiffany and, you know, uh, make sure she gets her lunch and where she needs to go and blah, blah, blah. And um, so then when she then, – then she became a star. You know, she mm-hmm. became – you know, she's selling out Poplar Creek. She went from malls to Poplar Creek. And so I was dating a girl named Jennifer at the time, and I said to her – uh, now listen, when we get there, it's gonna, it might be uncomfortable. But uh, Tiffany and I had a little thing last time she was in town, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, truth be told, we kissed when she was there. Showbiz kiss, you know. What I mean? But it was still, you know, she gave me a little peck on the cheek. Sure. Thank you so much for your help, and you know, that's it. Yeah. So, like your aunt might do. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So I said to uh, Jennifer, I said, so you know, there's a chance I may be going home with Tiffany. There's a, <laughs> you know, she's probably going to remember that she had a good time when she was here the last time. And <laughs> so we go backstage, and and, and uh, you know, we get escorted back there, and yeah, you know, our backstage passes on the laminates and what have you, and and Tiffany sees me, and. It was just one of those perfect timings where the woman backstage, the, the, the woman who was higher up than me at MCA said, and Tiffany, you remember Jim? So on Jim, she goes, Jim! She doesn't remember me at all. Right. But I'm the first guy, gives me a hug and a kiss, 
And I look over at Jenner and go, see what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> she then proceeds to hug and kiss every human being that comes in the room. Sure. But, so, we meet with Tiffany, we do all that little chit-chat, and there's a, there's a, the opening act is on stage. And, again, I'm 20, what am I, when, when did this, her second album come out? 89, so I'm 23 maybe now, 22, 23, and, uh. The opening hicks on stage, and I'm standing off on the in the wings. Literally, again, no farther than you and I. Mm-hmm. It, 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 ridiculous that I had this kind of access. And I'm eating a pasta salad, condescendingly <laughs> eating a pasta salad. And and these guys are on stage, and uh, they're wearing track suits. And I and <laughs> and, and I turn to whoever I'm now. I go, I go, who are these guys? And they said uh, some new band called New Kids on the Block. And he, with my, I go, mark my words, they'll never make it. <laughs> By the time I was done with that sentence, they had their own action figures. Right. I mean, it yeah. was, they went, it was like, I, that's how bad I was. I, I was horrible uh, at my job. I, uh, and then eventually I, you know, the comedy won out. I wasn't doing my job. I basically was just showing up and using it as an office and, and meeting my quota, the bare minimum I had to meet for sales. And uh, this guy, Jim Haldeman, calls me in one day and he said, you have to make a decision. Are you going to do comedy or are you going to work here? And I said, uh, you know what? Give me the night to think about it. And his eyes jumped out like Roger Rabbit because, you know, really? Again, we've seen you. You suck. Right. Why, why is this even a, a, a question mark here? Yeah. You know, it was, like, it was almost like my dad going, enough playing around with this comedy hobby. Yeah. You have a job, son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, give me the night. And I knew my answer and then uh, went in the next day and this is – it's beautiful what ends up happening. Uh, I I go in and I said, uh, Jim, I want to talk to you about uh, what we spoke of yesterday. I think I'm going to – the intercom hits. uh, Jim – I I make up a name. Bob Jones, line one. And Bob Jones was the head of MCA at the time. And Jim goes – Puts him on speaker, but, you know, Bobby, what's going on? You know, that, you know, you know nonsense right. uh, record guy. And he goes, uh, Jim, I, uh, can, you, can you take me off speaker, Jim? I got something to talk to you about. And he goes, well, I'm here with Jim Pardo. Uh, he's, leaving the, he's leaving the business. Does that affect what we talk about? He goes, uh, shouldn't affect anything. <laughs> and he got fired right in front of me. Oh. He, he goes, hey, what do you need? And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then, you know, starts motioning for me to leave the office. Uh, and I walk out and I go, I just watched this guy get fired. Uh, it was awful. And so I walk out and I go, I think, I, I tell the other guys, a woman named Joyce Kalman and, and a guy named Chuck Wolders and I said, uh, Bridget uh, Ranieri, I want to say was her name. <laughs> and I haven't said these names in 30 years, but I said, uh, I go, I think I just listened to Jim get fired. They're like, no, nah, that's not what's happening. He literally comes, like, like it's an independent film. He comes out with his box of stuff. <laughs> and he goes, well, I'm not needed here anymore. And we're like, Jim, what's going on? And by the way, I like the guy. Everybody else hated him. So he, uh, you know, he leaves and I keep mum about what I did because I was like, well, if a new guy's coming in, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. need to, I don't need to quit. You know, why why would I quit if I don't need to, you know? Um, So the guy that fired him flew in the next day to take over the office Uh. until they found somebody new. And at the meeting, he goes, well, as you guys know, uh, Jim Haldeman is gone. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Jim Pardo is also leaving us to pursue comedy. And again, you know, cliched 80s needle on the record. You know, everybody, what? You can't really be making that decision. And uh, and then I stayed two more weeks there and uh, and then went on to comedy. Oh, man. And um, 
but uh, if I may, one more quick story. Yeah. Going back, uh, these listening parties I spoke of, we had a listening party for uh, – I was actually not working for MCA at the time. I was working for the record store. And I was invited to uh, Capitol Records had a listening party for Corey Hart's Boy in the Box, his second album. After Sunglasses at Night? Yeah, after that one. The follow-up. Which was called uh, No Offense, I think was the name of his of the album. Uh, and then this, yeah, the follow-up uh, album, you know, which did nothing, even mm-hmm. though it's a pretty good album, truth be told. It's got Sophomore Slump. Sure, but which never came back. Right, yeah. Um, so we're at, we're, I, I was, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, a, girl, a young lady named Dawn, was supposed to go with me. After Jenny or was before Jenny? Uh, this was prior. Prior, right. This would have been... Because you're at Oranges. 85, 86. Okay. Whenever uh, his second album came out. And uh, we went to the um, the venue where they had the listening party, and Corey Hart was there. And that wasn't always the case. The <laughs> artist was not always... I've been, you know, Ario Speedwagon and Survivor and Cheap Trick and the Elvis Brothers, their big Chicago band. Like... They were they they would be there, you, mm-hmm. know, you know. Your bigger, you know, that Elton John thing was the anomaly. That that, that right. never happened. Um, but the fact that Corey Hart was going to be there it was a, a big. And Corey Hart's Corey's going to be there. And, you know, I mean, the, the record, great, excited right. to meet him. So I wait in line to get my. Uh, everybody was you get a signature and a photograph. You get a signature and a photograph. Okay, and Dawn could not join me, so I went with my buddy Dave, the aforementioned Daver. Daver. So we go together. And I get my I get my signature and my photograph with Corey Hart, and Dawn had a brother has a brother who is also mentally challenged, mm. who loved Corey Hart, and dummy I point to myself when I say that uh, I don't need Corey Hart's autograph. You know who does? Rick. Rick would love to get Corey Hart's autograph, but I only I already have the one to Jimmy Corey Hart. It's like I can't even give him that one. You know, so I got back in line. And um, to to meet him again, and I walk up, and oh, this is weird, a, a little side thing. Mm-hmm. At the time, people said he and I looked alike. They, <laughs> they said that Corey Hart and Jimmy Pardo looked, boy, you guys look similar. And even when we were there, like his handler goes, boy, you guys, you guys could be twins. You guys look alike. <laughs> and then he has that Canadian accent. Oh, do you think so? You know, I can't do an accent. So right. I'm not, uh, not talented. Um, Just say a boot. Uh, yeah, 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 we do look a boot alike. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> so we took when we took that picture together, it was a big deal that here's these two, you know, these doppelgangers taking the photograph. So when I go back in line, you know, against the rules right. of, uh, you know, in the record business, for some reason, there's a rule. There's a protocol, sudden, yeah. Everybody else is doing blow off in the corner of, some, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, of uh, some exec's cock. So I uh, apologize for the language. <laughs> so we uh, I get up there and he goes, Corey Hart looks up and he goes, nope. Nope, you've had your, su- your signature. You've had your signature, and you've had your photograph. And I said, I said, here's the deal. I said, I'm dating a young lady who's got a brother who's mentally challenged. He's your biggest fan. I screwed up. I should have gotten an autograph for him. But, you know, I got excited when I was up there, like, you know, the whole thing, you know, the whole thing. Right. We look alike thing. Uh, could, you, could you please? And he goes, he goes, nope, one signature per person. Wow. I said, hey, I made you. <laughs> People like me are the reason you're successful. And he looks, he gets, he looks at me, uh, and he goes, um, all right. Uh, what's wow. his name? Scribbles the thing and then hands it to me and then walks off. He goes, that's it. No more signatures. No. That's it. Oh, and then man. everyone else like, looks at me like I'm the back. And I'm there. You know, I didn't even drink at the time. I'm there probably enjoying a 7-Up. Right. Like an idiot. Yeah. Um, a mellow yellow at the time. It may have been a mellow yellow. <laughs> I can't speak to what I was drinking that day. It's not my business. Um, 
So oh, yeah, man. I I managed to uh, screw that one up. Shut down Corey Hart's yeah. signing. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But uh, and then, well, you know, then eventually, like I said, I quit, and then I got into this uh, this crazy business. Seemed to be a good decision. I don't know. The record business is over, and I'm uh, on <laughs> billboards. Record. I don't know if I'm on a billboard, a single billboard, not one. There's still time. Oh, geez. Thank yeah. you for your positivity. Um, well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank Those, you for having yeah, me. Last question. Did you talk to Tiffany at all? After, have you ever seen her in all of your – because I know I, you've done – I mean, I feel like – have you done – Shows where you've appeared as a guest and there's musical guests. You know like, what? I've like never. A VH1 show, or I know you mentioned the list, stuff like that. Have you ever seen her at all never. running around? I tried to book, I did a pilot for VH1 called Glory Days. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we wanted to do two episodes, and, and the great Colin Hay was kind enough to agree to mm-hmm. do the first one. And we wanted to do a second one with a woman. And we had a somewhat uh, a, 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 a thread of a connection. To get Tiffany, and mm. uh, she wouldn't do it. Oh, man. So uh, Maybe we can get a Whale Cave reunion. Jesus, I hope so. That'd be great, because I would introduce her like, and you know, of course, uh, Jimmy J! Big hug and a kiss. <laughs> she remembers oh, the big nod. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy Pardo. Bag it. I'm kidding. <laughs> Joking. Such a little John Sykes there. A little callback to John Sykes. Uh, man, I wanted to work in a record store so badly when I was a kid. That's all I wanted to do. I, I, I applied to uh, Lori's, where Jimmy was talking about. Um, and they wouldn't take me. They would not take me. But they sold. They used to sell concert tickets, and I wanted to sell concert tickets, and I ended up working at Foot Locker, and... Sister came in during one shift and was crying. It was just not a good man. I would have been so much better at Lori's records. Anyway, Jimmy Pardo, always hilarious. Um, all right. Uh, oh, by the way, again, reminder: you can email me at matt at whalecave dot com. Follow Whalecave at at Whalecave. Come on, people, get with the tech. All right, uh, we've we've got uh, this is our last guest of two thousand twelve. This is very exciting. Oh my God. Sitting with uh, Kit Pongetti. Hello. Very funny actress. And uh, recently wrote and directed uh, her first film. Short film. Short film. Yes. Stakeout, which is playing at festivals now. She's sitting here with me. And another bonus, her three-month-old son, Gene. All true. Right here. All true. This is very exciting. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Gene, thank you. (laughs) Um, How's it going? Thanks for being here. It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm... I'd like to absolve myself of responsibility for anything I say. Okay. Because, uh, this he is a three month old. I don't know if anybody knows about that, but it's a tiring uh, project to have a, ta- a tot. So it is a project. I'm, uh, you know, I don't think I've eaten today. I don't recall. Well, I got you some water, some Arrowhead water. Yeah, this is good. This so is that all should I need. keep you sustained. That's good. I'll just for at least a week. A couple, a couple weeks. Is that how that works here? I think so. I'm putting this back in his mouth. Just to set the scene, Gene is sitting on the. <laughs> And it's sort of rocking in the middle of the table here. Gene is in his car seat. We've got him in a little Santa hat because it's December. So it's the holidays that we we're talking about. We've been talking about the holidays a lot this show. Have you? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Why not? We yeah, should. Well, it is the time. When else should Tis we talk the about season, it? as they say. <laughs> the yeah, you shouldn't talk about it right in June. No. Because that would be a falsehood. No, it sure would. Wouldn't make any sense. Um, Tis not the season. <laughs> Tis not the season later. Yes. They don't say that. Tis not the season. <laughs> Tis not. Oh, we should. 
And we Why start... is tis only a word in December? Or in Shakespeare. Ah. Uh, tis. Shakespeare throws out yeah, tis. Yeah, you're right. I think. It's a, sh- a shortened verb. I mean, I, don't we love a conjunction, especially nowadays with the abreves sweeping the nation? And tis is a great conjunction because it's one of the, it's like a conjuncts right early at the top. <laughs> it's, not it late, it's not a, you know, it's not a apostrophe T conjunction right. at the end. That's right. Just tacking it on like they're lazy. Exactly. It starts with the conjunction. Tis. tis. And it starts out strong with a T. Yeah. T. And nowadays right. we should stick a Z on the end, right? Yeah. With the rap culture. I should have done this with my, uh, my grammar <laughs> podcast. Tis. My you Strunk can... and White podcast that I have. <laughs> your what? My Strunk and White. Did you ever read that grammar book? <laughs> no. Oh, man. Strunk and White. Okay, when you're up late with Gene at like 3 in the morning one night. Crack into that? Crack open <laughs> Strunk and White. The Elements of Grammar? Is that what it's called? <laughs> elements of Style. Elements of Style, Matt Belknap. Always with Ooh. one important <laughs> detail. <laughs> um, but you were... Okay, so you've, you've played music at my UCB show a bunch, so I know yeah. you that way. And as an actress, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, you were... You were going to talk about when uh, you were in college. Yes. Back in college. Let's see. This was the first band I was in. I was in a band called Those Who Dig in college. Okay. Yes. I've, I think I've have seen the Those Who Dig reunion. We've done a Genghis couple Cohen, of really maybe? bad reunions. Right. Yes, we have. And um, Which is a Chinese restaurant here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Pretty tasty food. Mm-hmm. And pretty good concert. Queen's Chicken. Queen's Chicken. That's yep. the thing to get. Yeah. No doubt. Um, but uh, so I was in this poppy, Beatlesy dorky band um and i used to uh do a dance at the at the end of every show like we our drummer would bang on pots and pans and like we put on a big show in the west mall which is the outdoor area in uh, ut campuses is in austin mm-hmm. texas and um one time i uh it was at the end of a show we did a show back to back we did a tuesday show and then we did a wednesday show the tuesday show i twisted my ankle at the end of this little improv dance where i'm doing the wave, you know the wave on the ground and like the worm worm, sorry the worm not the wave Um, (laughs) although the wave on the ground is a new yeah i thought that was a ut thing i just made the sounds and i lived (laughs) yeah yeah it was a one person wave yeah it's pretty impressive the uni wave the uni wave right (laughs) yes and uh anyway i twisted my ankle okay I'm, i'm this is the long version i twisted my ankle on a tuesday at our show okay I didn't eat anything after that. I went home. I hobbled home. I went to the health center. Got it checked. No, you know, no breaks. Whatever. The story has to do with being hungry. That's why I mentioned this. I didn't eat. This is a Tuesday at noon. Go home. Pretty much sleep through the night. Woke up. The only reason I went to campus the next day is because we had a Wednesday show in the West Mall. Mm. Crutches. No shower. No food. Wake up. Go straight to the West Mall. Hey, there's Gene. Gene is. Not agreeing with the details hey of the story. I might be rocking you too hard. Keep on a rocking me, baby. Steve Miller. <laughs> Part of your set list. <laughs> it is now. Is it really? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah no. With Gene, yeah. Whatever we, you sing. I used to sing my daughter "Tangled Up in Blue." Oh really? Probably not exciting so to sing a child. Than the Steve Miller. <laughs> and I sang it slowly, and it was kind of yeah. That's beautiful. It was cute. Hey bud, you want to come out of that? You want to come out? Yeah. Here comes Jane. Folks. Okay, so shall I continue? Yeah. Wednesday. You were talking about so, you hadn't Wednesday. Eaten. Hadn't eaten. No shower. On crutches. Okay. Hurt ankle. Like, bad. The beginning of my ankle troubles, which you know continued with the John Hamm story years and years later, yeah. if you'll recall. Same ankle. Anywho. <laughs> we finished the show, and I'm like, oh, I have to go back to the communications building to get this book. I have to. I had a test. I was like... So my boyfriend and I, Rod, 
go walk over. You know, UT's a huge campus. I'm hobbling on these crutches. Rod, a member of those who dig. A member of those who dig. Sure. Absolutely. Seen lead, him play. Lead guitar player. Yeah. 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 Got to go out with Rod. Anyway, go on. That's it. Right. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should. Yeah. So we go over to the communications building, and in the driveway of the communications building, we see what everyone in Austin knows to be Willie Nelson's tour van, which is like this huge bus with the four horsemen of the apocalypse or whatever painted on the back of it. And it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to be like Waylon Jennings and Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, and somebody else great that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Those right. are the three I know. I don't know the fourth. Yeah. He's there. Oh. He's so, playing or he, he, he lives in Austin or he's playing? He, okay. Willie lives near Austin, on the okay. outskirts of Austin. And everyone just kind of knows that that's his tour, this tour bus. Like I, we just knew that. I don't know how. But you know, and, and it was pulled up kind of in the like the undercarriage of the communications building where they film Austin City Limits. Mm. Okay. So I walk up. This is back when I had balls. But anyway, I walk up to this person with a clipboard standing there outside of the van, and I'm like, what's going on? And she says, oh, it's Willie Nelson's 60th birthday party. And if you look this up online, it's still, you'll see, like, it's a, it's a, it was a huge, huge deal. Um, and I was like, what's happening? She's like, we have... About 20 musical guests coming to play. Paul Simon, Bob Dylan, B.B. King, Bonnie Raitt, Ray Charles, Lyle Lovett. Yeah, so it was it – was, she started listing this off. And, you know, I'm in a band, and Simon and Garfunkel was just my absolute favorite. I had, sure. a, I had Bridge Over Troubled Water on cassette in my car, my 1990 Toyota Tercel mm-hmm. at that time. No, I'm sorry. I was driving the 1980 Toyota Tercel. I later got a 1990. Anyway, so I, I freaked out. I'm like, well, we have to stay. She's like, it's, there's a line. There's a waiting list for this that will wrap around the outside of the building. There's no way. Now, they're playing Austin City Limits, and they're recording it? Yeah, or? they're recording okay. it. It's a big party and concert with all those people. Everyone's doing one or two songs, like all these people. It was a four-hour taping. I think it was a special three-hour Austin City Limits or something. Wow. So she's like, forget it. You're not getting in. And I'm like, oh, can I just hang out here and watch some of the people come in for sound? You know, she <laughs> right. told me there was a sound check, you know, that was going to happen. That, all that. She was saying, oh, at 1220 comes Paul Simon. At 1245 comes whatever. Everyone but Bob Dylan had a sound check. So she was like, okay, you can hang here. You know, I was like, just Paul Simon. So she said, okay, you can hang here. I was like, oh, my God. So sure enough, Paul Simon pulls up, Edie Burkell. They get out. They walk into the bottom, and we just followed them into the elevator. You got passed? Yeah, well, the, the the lady, it was, there's no real security. It was, it's Austin. It's Austin, you know? right. It's starting to make it weird, like we like we discussed. Everyone's really nice, right? Yeah. Everyone's really nice. And y'all no go on cares. in. Yeah. Is that a good? Exactly. That was pretty good. Text yeah. It. Why don't y'all just go on in? Yeah. Now, these are nice people. They won't bother you. Just going right on the elevator with you. <laughs> and so we did, and then... Um, I remember Rod introduced himself to Paul, and he wasn't very nice. But Edie Brickell was very nice. Paul I mean, Simon wasn't very Paul nice? Paul Simon wasn't very nice. Um, hmm. But Rod ran back. We rode the elevator up, but he ran back to the car, and he got the cassette for him to sign. And then he went up to him again. Like, he sprinted back. 20 minutes later, he's back up there in the elevator looking for Paul Simon, and he asked him to sign it. And Paul's like, no. He said no. Wait. he <laughs> So he met Paul Simon. Yeah, in the elevator ride. He goes, hold on. No, he doesn't say hold on. He says. He goes, will you sign my cassette tape? Yeah. Runs back. But Paul Simon, I assume, goes upstairs. He goes upstairs. And then Rod goes to find him? Yeah. Well, Rod came back. I met him back down at the bottom of the elevator. He said, let's go see. Let's just get Paul Simon's, you know, signature. Right. Signature. Autograph. That's what you call it. Right. <laughs> not, we're not <laughs> well, a Well, signature is an we autograph. <laughs> it becomes an autograph once they sign. Correct. Right. Correct. 
And so uh, he he did, and we ran. And the exciting part of the story is coming up. One of the exciting parts is that they did let us back up in the elevator, and we saw up at the top Paul was talking to Willie Nelson at the time. Uh huh. And um, I just I don't know what came over me, but I was just like Mr. Nelson, Mr. Nelson. And he said, well, please, call me Willie. And it was from across the hall, and Paul kind of glared at us, and I said, is there any way, this is crazy, but we would love to see the show. Is there <laughs> any way we could see the show? And he said, why don't you sit in for the sound check as my personal guests? Wow. So we sat in there. How high was Willie Nelson? At the time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Quite toasty. Uh, so we you sat in like there. You look like a daffodil. <laughs> Just super high. Look at your yellow petals. Yeah. <laughs> Sound flower. <laughs> so we sat down, and uh, and that's when Rod went up to Paul and asked him for this autograph, and he wouldn't give it to him. Anyway, we sit in there. We watch musician after musician come in and do their sound check. I remember Lyle Lovett because he was really nice, and we were the only people sitting in there, and he kept checking wow. with us and asking us how it sounded. And, Does that sound good over there? Now, what are y'all doing here? Yeah. And he was real friendly, you know. And no one came up to you at any point? Because Willie Nelson so, had already given he'd you. Already, he'd already, it was very loosey-goosey, but he'd already given us sort of, wow. at this point in the day, it's early in the day. We're talking about 2 o'clock in the afternoon at this right. point. The taping's not till 7. So we watched the whole sound check, and we're like, I got to see more. Bob Dylan didn't show. A couple people didn't show. Ray Charles for the sound check. So we're like, we got it. We got to see everyone. We got, we got to stay for the show. But we get kicked out. We get flushed from the building. And we really, really want to go back in. But as we get kicked out, we see the line, which is literally around the entire diameter of the building, the perimeter of the building. This line full of people dressed to the nines, so excited. I'm like, what is this? Is this ticket holder line? No, this is the waiting list to get in. Wow. Because it's so, a small, isn't it a pretty small venue in Chicago? It's or, a pretty uh, small. Chicago City Limits. <laughs> Austin City Limits? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty small. Okay, I'm going to burp you now, bud. Yeah. Um, it's pretty small. I don't. I don't do like jelly beans in a jar or anything. I don't know how many seats. Or I, I don't know things <laughs> right. like that. But but I mean, it's not. Pretty, you know, it's not like the Wiltern or something. It's no, like, not at all. It's a fairly intimate space. Yeah, it's kind of like. Well, it's in the communications building, so it's in a small studio. It's supposed to be like the little TV teaching studio. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Pretty small, and they've set up just they set up risers. I, I, I mean, four hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's people? a lucky. It's no a very. It's, to get a seat there is. It's Pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty, did y'all hear that burp? It's a good one. He was off mic. It's a good one, I know. Yeah, he'll, he'll learn how to cheat out and all those tricks later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it was pretty intimate. It was amazing. And, and we really wanted to be sure. back in there and, and you know, see the, all the action. So we got kicked out. We, we get kicked all, you know, all the way down. They, security ushers us, escorts us is the word, all the way down to the floor. So this point my friend josh joins me and he hears what's going on he's like oh my god i want to see this gentleman can i tag along so we're like well sure we don't know we're kicked out and we felt really defeated and we talked to people at the bottom of like you're not getting in you're not getting in so no that's one- the worst too it's like you got kicked out and now there's another guy who's gonna make it even harder <laughs> to get in you know you've got to hang around really? like <laughs> I know. josh dude maybe the two of us could slip in on yeah this, but we kind of know willie nelson yeah now we've got you well, he actually Albatross. he claimed to have known Willie Nelson a little bit. I think he interviewed him for the school paper or something. Like he's not we've a, all interviewed him, Josh. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Come on, Josh. Hey, come on, Josh. I dated his. No, uh, <laughs> we've all we I, have some connection to Willie Nelson. Yeah, right. I dated the picture of his daughter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's mm-hmm. neat. All right. <laughs> Go on, Josh. So we 
Um, we decide to try to find an alternate route into the building. What about that back staircase we'd used one time to get, you know, whatever, to make it to class on time from, you know, coming from campus another way. So let's go to that back staircase. So we go, the door's locked. We wait, we're like, shit, we're defeated. The sun's going down. It's just like, I'm so hungry. Did I mention it's been over 24 hours since I'd eaten? My ankle hurts so badly. Yeah, how's so your ankle badly. at this point? So, so bad. So busted ankle, hungry. Yep, okay. crutches, no shower, really dirty. Um, and Got Josh tagging along. <laughs> that wise ass, know it all Josh. <laughs> you know, bringing us down. Yeah, really. And so. We uh, were defeated, and then someone, a student, I guess, or someone just walks out that door suddenly. Mm. The door. So we grabbed it, and it's like, bingo, we're in. So we go up to the fifth floor, and it's uh, there slowly. We can see through like the, uh, the little glass window pane from the stairwell. It's like, oh, man, look at all those people. They're slowly letting people in. <clears throat> there is a large security guard lady who's about the width of, of the door, honestly. Really? She's really, really oh. wide. And, and I was like, oh going to be able to get passes what are we going to do and we see bob dylan just walk in holding his guitar just past all the crowd the crowd starts clapping cheering oh my god oh my god oh my god it's so exciting there you go there's another good burp and then like we have to get in there we have to get in there bob dylan got us really excited so we open the door bust past i reached past the security guard who grabbed my arm sorry reached past the security guard who grabbed my arm and at that moment she grabbed my arm and I was like, we just, I'm just, I'm a personal guest of Willie Nelson. I promise, I promise. The um, service elevator opens right here. Who's on it but Willie Nelson and Governor Ann Richards, okay? They, it was like their, one of their first meetings, I guess. They're, so there's press people and they're snapping photos as they're coming off the elevator and they're doing this moment. I reached out and I grabbed Willie Nelson's arm and everything got quiet. <laughs> I'm serious. And he, Governor Ann Richards looks over and glares at me and I was like, Willie, they kicked us out, <laughs> and he and he get, everything gets quiet, and he goes, "These people are with me," and he puts his no arm like way, that. and I grabbed his arm. Rod grabbed my elbow. Josh grabbed Rod's <laughs> elbow. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> that big old security guard had to let us get by, and we went right in on Willie Nelson's arm, and he put us. He was like, "Give them those seats right there," and he sat us right in the middle. It, the seats were to the side. All of the seats were to the side, and there were some on the floor, but they were too far away. We got the better seats up on the side. And we watched the whole damn show sitting next to Dennis Hopper and Leslie Ann Warren, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the show taped for about six hours. And it was 1.45 when we got out of there. Starving, need I say. And hobbling, like, so high. I, I went up. I, uh, I got a pick from B.B. King. I gave our CD, our, our CD, which is called For Those Who Dig, Those Who Dig, um, to Willie Nelson. <laughs> And because we had one copy on us, I just I introduced myself to all these people. It was just like the greatest. So you night met them; ever. they were just all kind of milling about. Everyone was milling about afterward After on stage. Yeah, and we pretty much went up and just introduced ourselves and didn't know what else to say. So we left at one point. You know, we hung around and then right. Yeah. At some point, I don't remember if we got kicked out again or if the show just if it was just winding down or if we just left. But we were starving. Maybe it was that it was like we got to get to Gumby's Pizza. By by two o'clock, which is about fifteen minutes away, mm-hmm. we got to get a pizza ordered. We got to get this pizza ordered. So I'm hobbling. I'm like, Rod, just run ahead. So Rod sprints off to Gumby's. I by the time I get Rod there, seemed to run a lot. He did. <laughs> he, did. he did. In your relationship, he was a, a baseball player. He actually tried out for UT uh, baseball. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Did, didn't get it. 
but I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Quite the athlete. Seemed anyway, like he ran a lot. Anyway, <laughs> he did to make up for it. He did. You know, you're 22. You got to overcompensating. It. Probably. Yeah. I could have made the team. Yeah. Watch how fast. <laughs> Look up fast time. See. Yeah. Still bases with this kind of speed. I'll get Paul Simon's autograph. <laughs> did he? Did you see Paul Simon afterwards? Was he around? I don't remember. That would have been great if he's like, hey. We're like, yeah, we're personal friends at yeah. Willie's, and you didn't want to give us an autograph? Yeah. What's up with that? Okay. New York? Huh? I'll get Chris Christopherson's autograph. <laughs> That's right. No problem. So we uh, we got, Rod got there early. Rod got there like two till two, and I got there like ten after. And I was like, what happened? He said, they're making us pizza. Oh. oh, fantastic. So we get the pizza. We get in the car. We drive to our apartment. We get to the apartment, open the car. Where's the pizza? I don't know. I thought you had the pizza. Oh, shit. I left the pizza on the car. <laughs> I left it on the hood of the you car. You Romney'd the pizza. I Romney'd the pizza. <laughs> so we go back. We drive back to Gumby's hoping they'll make us a pizza. They're closed. Yeah. But there in the middle of 24th Street is our pizza. Ah. Untouched. We took it home. We ate the shit out of that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and that really is the end of the story. That is great. I thought you were going to say, in the middle of the street, Willie Nelson. <laughs> eating our pizza. Was eating that pizza. No Governor hands. Governor Ann Richards. Just <laughs> smoking a giant. And that's how normal started. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, that's really that's really it, man. Wow. It was an incredible day. That must have been the best. Sh- I mean, you can't beat that show. I guess that's the only downside. How can you see a show Not after that? Really, I've seen Willie Nelson once since I was like, eh. <laughs> now, is that... I mean, I, I wouldn't think you would be that kind of person that you is that you I mean you said at the beginning you had balls i like, used to have lots of balls so that's kind of stuff you used to do a lot yeah do i have a quick little billy joel story you know my billy joel story i don't i met billy joel when i was 16 too because i busted into a hotel bar because i like who are you people <laughs> i'm a light rock lover so like billy joel is my axel rose i don't know i don't know who people like that's cool who they <laughs> used to back in the day but for me it was all about billy joel sure i was 16 and i heard on a tip i heard he was staying at this uh, that this Marriott or something, and so af- I went to the concert. And after the concert, me and my friends went to th- and we went to this hotel. And sure enough, um, I saw Liberty Devito, his drummer, in the bar. I was like, "That is the drummer. He's in there. He's in there." And Liberty Devito eventually came over because they wouldn't let us in because we're underage. And he said, "Let these people in. They're here to see Bill. You know, they're here to see Bill- Billy Joel. Just let them in." So he convinced the girl. Wow. Stood behind him, tapped him on the shoulder again, Mister Joel, with my Mister. Said, "Mister Joel, I would love an autograph, and I've seen you." perform in um in tucson and phoenix and dallas and now houston and you never play the song vienna mm-hmm. you know that song sure slow down, slow down you crazy child yeah so damn yeah there you go yeah another bj lover billy joel <laughs> billy joel yeah billy joel yeah were you <laughs> i did yeah yeah i, I like billy joel a lot yeah, yeah I do feel you know like what album that is vienna was on um it wasn't on the Stranger. I think it was. Was it? I think it was. The Stranger's like back to back, back to back to back to back to back. Back to back to back. Yeah. Such a great album. It might be on The Stranger. I think it is on The Stranger. Well, That's what I was going to say. Why are you still so afraid? afraid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we could. I would love to sing that whole song. It's one of my faves. So anyway, I said, why don't you? I said, there's a piano. Why don't you play it? Are you kidding me? This is. These are the balls I have. You're 16? Oh, you these are the balls. 16 years old. And sure enough, there was a guy who looked to be like, I know, who looked like his uncle, who had walked in like with white hair. He kind of looked like him. And, and he was like, hey, and he said, oh, the girl asked you to play. Why don't you get over there and play? And so he kind of goaded him into it. Was anybody else around? Is this just sort of like a show hangout? 
I know, man. I'm not treating you right. Um, Gene, this is a good story. This is Gene, you're oh, going to hear the story. No, he was by himself. He had a dark gray, long sleeve button-down shirt on and a gold and silver, I think, Rolex. And he was drinking a Corona by Set himself. At the bar. By himself at like a curved half-moon yeah. kind of style bar, like a big, wide Texas hotel bar. And uh, he was just by himself. He, we is stood this Christy Brinkley him. days? This is Christy Brinkley days. I asked about her, and he said she was up in the room. Oh, man. I'm like, why aren't you with that lovely exactly. lady? Matt Belknap just gave Gina a pacifier. If you're last, wondering oh, you, what's it going is on. Matt. You know, I was like, I know it's not Matt, because Matt's Matt. Am I just imposing the name Matt onto him? No, turns out it's Matt. Two Matts. A couple of Matts. Yeah. In the cave. A couple of Matts. Hey, keeping it simple. We just opened a pizza place, too. <laughs> Called the Couple of Matts. <laughs> The couple of mats. Couple of mats. One word. Well, I like it. It's Italian. It's a couple of mats. Forget about it. Yeah. Couple of mats. Yeah. It's the new forget about it. It's the new. <laughs> couple of mats. <laughs> Cuckoo de goots. Yeah. Do you know what that is? No. It's the end of the bread. Cuckoo de goots. The the cuckoo de goots. Cuckoo de goots. It's Italian. It's my <laughs> really. Yeah. Cuckoo de goots. The end of the bread is called the cuckoo de goots. Cuckoo de goots. Wow. Okay. Couple I'll of try mats. that when I go to Italian restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should offer some pie with a cuckoo de goots on yeah. it. Can I have some more cuckoo <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> couple of mats is yeah. the middle of the bread. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Couple <laughs> of mats. Exactly. <laughs> What's the other end of the bread called? What I want to know. Wait, did um, Billy Joel play the song? So Billy Joel played Vienna on the piano. I stood above him because I, I like to harmonize. You know that. Yeah. I harmonized. And you, he, he went like this as he was singing. So, it, just to let you know what she's doing, <laughs> if you're not watching the video, of which there is none, kid is sort of looking up as Billy Joel at a 16-year-old kid in a way to say, nice, really? That's great. That's for- Kind of like that. That is Raised eyebrows. Like. Yes. Maybe surprised a bit. Maybe disappointed he's I don't know. Christy Maybe. Brinkley. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. Maybe he made a mistake. Maybe he had those thoughts. Yeah, he did. Wow, she doesn't do this. She doesn't understand me. That's right. She's Uptown Girl, but she can't <laughs> harmonize to Vienna, which is a song I really like. I don't yeah. like Uptown Girl. No. He's thinking all these things. He's all these thoughts. As you're harmonizing. I'm going to have to update my pros and cons list about Christy. <laughs> God. She's not 16. I guess that's got its own pros and cons. It's illegal. <laughs> yeah. For one. <laughs> a. <laughs> Two. Two. I mean, she lives in Texas. She's probably with her folks. Ugh. I'd have to meet her folks. I hate meeting folks. <laughs> I've already done the folks thing with the Brinkleys. <laughs> yeah. They weren't so easy to get on board. No. Because look well, at me. I mean, well, let's be real. Let's be real. I mean. All this is going on in <laughs> Billy Joel's head. While singing. Yeah. And that's just how, a testament to how I good a Allentown. performer he is. <laughs> I wish I were living in Allentown with her. Oh, God. <sighs> Ooh. That was a my... new context for those sounds suddenly. Yes. I never thought that. I no. never sexualized that at all. You never sexualized Allentown? No, I didn't. Oh, it's God. A, it's a, it's a, Seems so sexual to me. <laughs> Allentown. <laughs> Allen. Mm. Yeah. Allen. Sounds town. Mm. Wait, so how does that end? How does that... Does he sing one song? One then? song. He's done. All right. Thanks. Get out of here, you guys. Get out of here. Like sweet and right. He signed. Uh, he signed a napkin for everybody. He signed, which I still have framed. He signed a couple of T-shirts. Not we were not wearing them. Everyone wants to know that. Everyone wants to tackify the story. You know, right, sexify yeah. the story. Yeah. Who stayed with him? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you French him? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you French first? Josh. And then last. <laughs> 
Josh was not there. <laughs> hey, guys, where'd you go? <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Hey. Sidles up to the bar. Hanger on her. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how it ended. Play scenes from an Italian restaurant. <laughs> Josh. Josh, that's nine minutes. Up. God. Ugh. So Come on. What's up, Melissa? Josh. Dude, say Brenda and Eddie. Say yeah. Brenda. <laughs> say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. It was amazing. I floated home, and then for probably a year of my life, I was, like, on cloud nine. Yeah. I really was so... But then my dad dry cleaned my shirt with the... But I felt so bad for him because... Can't dry the, clean yeah, the memory. You can't dry... And exactly. And that's what I told him. Hey, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> You're the cuckoo goots, man. goots. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Yeah. That is great. Well... A couple um, of ballsy music uh, musical tales for you. You got bulls. I did. You should come to a couple of mats. <laughs> Give you some bread. Sounds delish. Um, Kit, thanks so much. Matt, thank you. Matt, both mats. Thank you so much. It's really fun. Gene, thank you. Um, that was it. That, Kit Panjay. That was our last, my last guest here in Wheel Cave. Very exciting. And bittersweet, I might add. Was it? Yeah. Because the year's over. But oh. next year, folks, got a lot of good things. New new episodes are going to start up in late January again. Can take a little break, and um, yeah, should be great. Should be really great. I want to. I forgot to mention some of the song titles. The second song I played was called "Dreaming" by Tennis. Uh, then the third was Alabama Shakes. I found you, and this song is "Lazuli" by Beach House. Oh, uh, Vienna was on the Stranger. There's the B-side to She's Always a Woman. How about that? How about them apples? Matt Belknap. Woo! Always with the info. Thank you so much, Matt Belknap. Thanks, Kip Pongetti. Thank you, Jimmy Pardo. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Join us next year. <laughs>